Welcome to Zichur Dav Siman, I'm Rabbi Avram Goldar, and today we're with Sechus Psachim, Dav Lamed Vav. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, it was taught in the Bryce that one might have thought that one can fulfill his chiyuv of eating matzah with matzah made from Meiser Shane, provided that he eats it in Yishalayim. Talmud Lomar Lechem Oni. Mash Ne'achal Ba'aninus. The Torah states, the bread of Oni. This teaches that matzah must be something that may be eaten in a state of Aninus, which excludes Meiser Shane, which is eaten in Simcha. These are the words of Rabbi Yossi Agli. Rabbi Kiva says, Matzos, Matzos, Riba. The Torah states Matzos and then repeats Matzos to include Matzah made of Meisr Sheni. He learns that Lechem Oni is coming to exclude Isa Sheni Lushem Bayayim Shem and Dvash, dough that is kneaded with wine, oil, or honey. These add a richness to the dough so they can no longer be classified as poor man's bread. Rabbi Kiva expounds from the written form of Ani, whereas Rabbi Yossi Agli expounds from the pronunciation Oni. Rabbi Kiva says that expanding the pronunciation of Oni can be explained by Shmuel, who said, Lechem Oni, Lechem Oni, Harbe. The Torah calls it the bread of Oni because it's bread upon which you declare Oni many things, referring to Sipur Yitzhiyat Yisrael. Point number two is Tatna writes that it might have been thought that one can fulfill his chiyu for matzah on Pesach with Bikurim. Talmud Lomar, Tochu Matzos. The Torah states, In all your dwellings you shall eat matzahs, which teaches that only matzah that can be eaten in all your dwellings may be used excluding Bikurim, which cannot be eaten except in Yushalayim. These are the words of Yosia Glili. Rabbi Kiva provided a different source, but eventually retracted his position. The Gemara asked why Rabbi Yosia Glili needed to derive the exclusion of Bikurim from this Pasuk, when he could have derived it from the previous Russia from Lechem Oni, that only something that can be eaten in a state of Aninus may be used for Matzah, excluding the Matzah made from Bikurim, which may only be eaten in a state of joy. The Gemara answered that Rabbi Yosia Glili holds a Rabbi Shimon, who permits Bikurim to be eaten in a state of Aninus. And point number three, was taught in a brayso, lechem oni, prat lechaut v'la The Torah states that matzah must resemble a poor man's bread. This excludes scalded bread and ashisha. Rush explains that scalded bread is prepared in an elegant manner with very fine flour. And ashisha is an oversized loaf, which the Meiri says is ordinarily baked only for important company. The brayso continues that one might have thought that one only fulfills chiv with pas hadra, coarse bread. Therefore, the Torah repeats the word matzos, and even matzos like those of Shlomo Melch may be used. So once again, the three points are, number one, it was taught in a Baraisa that one might have thought that one can fulfill his chiyub of eating matzah with matzah made from Maishashani, provided that he eats it in Yishalayim. Talmud Lomar, Lechem Oni, Aninus. The Torah states, the bread of Oni. This teaches that matzah must be something that may be eaten in a state of Aninus, which excludes Maishashani, which is eaten in Simcha. These are the words of Yosef Glili. Rekiva says, matzos, matzos, riba. The Torah states, matzos, and then repeats matzos to include matzah made of Maishusheni. He learns that Lechem Oni is coming to exclude Isa Shinilusha Bayayim Mishem Advash, dough that is kneaded with wine, oil, or honey. These add a richness to the dough so they can no longer be classified as a poor man's bread. Rekiva expounds from the written form of Ani, whereas Rabbi Yosef Glili expounds from the pronunciation Oni. Rekiva says that expounding the pronunciation of Oni can be explained by Shmuel, who said, Lechem Oni, Lechem Oni Molav Dvarim Harbe. The Torah calls it the bread of Oni because it's bread upon which we declare Onin many things, referring to Sipur Yitzhiyat Yisrael. Point number two was taught in a Baraisa that it might have been thought that one can fulfill his chiyuv for matzah on Pesach with Bikurim. Talmud Lomar, tochu matzos. The Torah states, in all your dwellings you shall eat matzos, which teaches that only matzah that can be eaten in all your dwellings may be used, excluding Bikurim, which cannot be eaten except in Yushalayim. These are the words of Yosei Aglili. Rekiba provided a different source, but eventually retracted his position. The Gemara asks why Rabbi Yosei Aglili needed to derive the exclusion of Bikurim from this Pasuk, when he could have derived it from his previous Russian from Lechem Oni, that only something that can be eaten in a state of Aninus may be used for matzah, excluding the matzah made from Bikurim, which may only be eaten in a state of joy. 
The Gemara answered that Rabbi Yosef Guli holds like Rabbi Shimon who permits Bikurim to be eaten in a state of Aninas. And point number three was taught in a Baraisa, Lechem Oni Prat Lechod Hashisha. The Torah states that Masa must resemble a poor man's bread. This excludes scalded bread and a shisha. Rashi explains that scalded bread is prepared in an elegant manner with very fine flour, and a shisha is an oversized loaf, which the Miri says is ordinarily baked only for important company. The Bryson continues that one might have thought that one only fulfills his chiv with pasadra'ah, coarse bread. Therefore, the Torah repeats the word matzos, afiokim matzos shel shloma, and even matzos like those of shloma melech may be used. All right, so now we go to our simon for Dafalamid Vav, and our standard simon is a lulav, a lulav. So here goes. The poor cone who lived in a house made of lulavim ate his lechem oni matzahs ba'aninas after checking the box to make sure they weren't made from bikurim or as fine flour chalut and oversized ashisha. Once again, in slow motion. The poor cone who lived in a house made of lulavim, lulavim, that must mean one daf, lamed vav. The poor cone who lived in a house made of lulavim ate his lechem oni matzahs ba'aninas, which reminds us we different drushes from the words lechem oni. Rabbi Yosei expounds the words lechem oni to teach that matzah must be made from something that can be eaten ba'aninas, which excludes making matzah from Meisr Shani, which cannot be eaten by Ninas. He focuses on the pronunciation, Lechem Oni. Rabbi Kiva learns that Lechem Oni means matzah must be poor man's bread, which excludes making it from dough mixed with wine, oil, or honey. He focuses on the written form, Ani, and says from the pronunciation of Oni, we can learn like Shmuel, it says, Lechem Oni, Lechem Sha'oni Molav Dvarim Harbe. The Torah calls it the bread of Oni because it's bread upon which we declare Oni many things, referring to Sipur Yitzhiya Sisrayim. So the poor Kona lived in a house made of Hulavim, after checking the box to make sure they weren't made from Bikurim, which reminds us that Rabbi Yosef Gui learned that matz cannot be made from Bikurim because the Torah states, In all your dwellings you shall eat matzahs, which teaches that only matzah that can be eaten in all your dwellings may be used, excluding Bikurim, which cannot be eaten except in your shalim. So the poor Kona lived in a house made of Lulavim, after checking the box to make sure they weren't made from Bikurim, or as fine flour chalut, and oversized ashisha. Which reminds us that it was taught in the Bryson when the Torah states a masama resemble a poor man's bread, it excludes chalut, which is scalded bread, and ashisha. Rush explains that scalded bread is prepared in an elegant manner with very fine flour, and ashisha is an oversized loaf, which the Miri says is ordinarily baked only for important company. So once again, the poor cone who lived in a house made of lulavim ate his lechem oni matzahs ba'aninas, after checking the box to make sure they weren't made from Bikurim or as fine flour chalut and oversized ashisha. All right, now it's time to go to our four blah bach hazara. Daflam and base. So the similar Daflam and base is a mad scientist in his lab. See, so here goes. The mad scientist in his lab. Mad scientist in his lab? That must be more on Daflam and base. The mad scientist in his lab, who was told he must pay for truma he ate according to value and not volume, which reminds the Gemara asks what the halacha is in general when one consumes truma b'shogeg where one repays. Does one pay according to the volume of what he ate or does he repay according to the price? And the Gemara clarifies that the question is only when the value of the produce increased. Do we say he pays according to the measure even though the value went up or perhaps if he ate a zoo's worth of truma that's all that he has to pay regardless of its volume. So the mad scientist in his lab who was told he must pay for truma he ate according to the value and not volume, was trying to turn a zoo's worth of figs into a zoo's worth of dates to get a bracha, which reminds us that the Bryce that stated, if one ate b'shogeg dried figs of truma and repaid the cone with dates, may a bracha come upon him because he acted righteously is not a proof that he pays according to volume. Abai said that in fact he's repaying according to value, and the reason he should receive a bracha is because he ate something that buyers don't run after and yet repaid with something that buyers do run after. 
So the mad scientist in his lab, who was told he must pay for Trumi ate according to value and not volume, was trying to turn a zoo's worth of figs into a zoo's worth of dates to get a bracha, and experimenting to see if he could make a kazai's worth less than a shavapruta. Which reminds us that it's a machogs tanakam whether the minimum amount of truma that one must eat to require paying back the karen and the chomish is a kazais because it says achila in the pasuk, or a shavapruta because he says venasin and he gave, and an asina isn't less than a shavapruta. So the simmer daflamad gimel is a peg leg pirate. A peg leg pirate. So here goes. The peg leg pirate, peg leg pirate, that must be run daf lamad gimel. The peg leg pirate whose crew died by the hands of heaven for transgressing Me'ila, which reminds us that three reasons were given why Me'ila, which is Misabide Shemaim, is more severe than Isri Chorus. It is more severe than Isri Chorus, not because of the punishment of Misabide Shemaim, but because one would be punished even for eating less than a Kazais of Hektish, or it even applies Be'en Meskavim when a person does not have Kavana to use that particular item, such as when a person tries to warm himself with the wool shearing of Chulam, but inadvertently warms himself with the wool shearing of a carbon. And the third reason is he's chayv even if he does it in a masasic manner, such as reaching for something and inadvertently anointing his hand with oil of hektish. So the peg-leg pirate, whose crew died by the hands of heaven for transgressing Me'ila, and who discovered that the truma he separated from Chametz on Pesach had no kedusha, which reminds us, if during Pesach one separated produce for truma from something that was already Chametz, all agree that it has no kedusha. Rav Nachman Yitzhak brought the puzzle regarding truma that stays teeth on the low. You shall give it to him, meaning to the Kohen, but not to his fire. This teaches that produce can become truma only if it's fit for the Kohen to eat. If it can only be used for burning, then it can't acquire the kedusha of truma. Rav Hunabrei Rav Yeshua learns from the fact that truma is referred to as reishis, the first of your gathered grain, which implies that after truma is taken, its remains must be distinguishable to Yisrael, meaning that it must become permitted to a Yisrael. Where the produce remains forbidden for consumption, that which was separated does not take on the Kedusha of Truma. So the peg-leg pirate, whose crew died by the hands of heaven for transgressing Me'ila, and who discovered that the Trumi separated from Chambas on Pesach had no Kedusha, spent his time alone in the ship trying to figure out how to get Tahor juice out of Tameh grapes. Which reminds us, it was said in the name of Rav Yochan that in the case of grapes that became Tameh, one presses less than a Kabe of them at a time, and their wine is valid for a libation offering, since... Food less than a kabe cannot generate tumor. This indicates Rabbi Yochanan holds that the juice within the grape is not absorbed, but rather contained by it, like a liquid that fills a container. Rabbi Chista disagrees and holds that the juice is tameh, indicating that the juice is absorbed in the grape. And when the grape becomes tameh, so does the juice. Daf So the simmer Daf is a ladder. A ladder. The detective who climbed the ladder. Ladder? That must be run Daf Lamadalad. The detective who climbed the ladder to investigate the case of the replanted tameh truma spotted a suspicious Yisrael walk away, which reminds us that the Dab deals primarily with Rabbi Barmas's question on Trumos, where it says in the Mishnah, Shesile Trumos Shenitmu Ushasalon, Trumi plants became Trame and then were replanted, Tahorim Melatame Ba'asurin Melaechol. They are tower with regard to being Matame other things, but they're prohibited to eat. He asked that if they're tower with regard to being Matame other things, why are they prohibited for a Kohen to eat? Abaya Bar Avin and Hananya Bar Avin's answer that it was forbidding the Truma to non-Kohanim, since it was decreed to prevent non-Kohanim from depriving Kohanim of their truma by converting it into Chun through replanting, was challenged by Rabbi Barmasna, who said that it was taught already in a different Mishnah. So the detective who climbed the ladder to investigate the case of the replanted Tame truma spotted a suspicious Yisrael away, while Kohan, who was supposed to be guarding his truma, which reminds that the second answer given was that the Mishnah actually meant it was prohibited for the Kohanim to eat, since they became invalid through Hesachadas, inattention. The Pasuk states regarding Truma Mishmeres Truma Sai, which means that the Kohanim have been given the responsibility to safeguard Truma, 
and Kachim as well from becoming Tameh. And this requires one not to allow his attention to lapse from this guarding. Since these plants became Tameh, it can be assumed that the Kohen stopped guarding them against further exposure to Tuma, and therefore they became rendered invalid. Therefore, even though the Tuma is removed through the replanting, they remain invalid to eat. We have the Malchogas, Rabbi Yochum Reish Lakish, whether Hesach is a Psul Tuma, a Psul caused by the possibility of Tuma, or a Psul HaGuf, a Psul of the Truma itself. So the detective who climbed the ladder to investigate the case of the replanted Tame Truma spotted a suspicious Yisrael walk away, while Cohen, who was supposed to be guarding his Truma, was distracted watching the Tame Mehalchag being placed in the mikvah. Which reminds us that Rabbi Yumi rejected the above answer and explained that water for the Chag that became Tame only becomes Taur if Hishikun Va'achakach Hikdishan, when first brought into contact with the mikvah and only afterwards was Makdisha. The water being brought into contact with the water is a form of planting which removes its tumor status. Yet, the Rabbanim were stringent and said that it is not effective for water of Kachim. So here too, regarding plants of Truma, we should say that Ain's real a Truma. Planting in the ground is not effective in removing the Tuma of Truma, since Rabban imposed a greater stringency on Truma. So the Simber Daphne Lamed is a children's choir singing La, La, La. The children's choir, children's choir, that must be more on Daphne Lamed La, La, La. The children's choir singing the catchy We Can't Be Matzah song were dressed up in their rice and milk costumes, which reminds us that Rabbi Shimon said that the source said Oris and Dochen, rice and milk, cannot be used for matzah, comes with the juxtaposition of the psukim, well, Sochalav Chametz, you shall not eat Chametz with it, referring to the garden Pesach, and Shiva's Yamin Tochalav Matzos, for seven days you shall eat matzahs with it. From this juxtaposition, we learn, it is only with things that come to leaven when left to rise that a person fulfills his obligation to eat matzah. Excluded are these types of flowers of ores and dochen, rice and millet, which do not come to leaven, but come to spoil. So the children's choir singing the catchy We Can't Be Matzah song were dressed up in their rice and milk costumes and pouring wine, oil, and honey in some dough. Which reminds us, Rav Yidivar Avn explained that Reish Lankish's reason for saying that one is not chayv karas for eating dough that was kneaded with wine, oil, or honey instead of water in its leavened form was mishum dahavigay meperos meperos in machmitzin. It's because these liquids are fruit juices, and juices of fruits cannot cause a dough to leaven. Fruit juices here refers to natural juices. So the children's choir singing the catchy "We Can't Be Matzah" song were dressed up in their rice and milk costumes and pouring wine, oil, and honey in some dough, while the kid holding the bucket of partially fixed hevel sang the solo. Which reminds we went in a Brisa that grain whose restriction comes exclusively on account of the prohibition of eating chametz can create matzah, which excludes grain of tevel that is excluded not on account of the prohibition of chametz, but because of the prohibition of do not eat tevel. When the Gemara asked, why is there no prohibition of chametz as well when eating tevel, Rav Shesha's answer that this Brisa reflects the opinion of Rabbi Shimon who holds, ain iser chala iser, a prohibition cannot take effect upon a pre-existing prohibition, meaning that it was already forbidden because of Tevo before the possibility of it becoming forbidden because of Chametz, and therefore it cannot become Chametz. All right, now it's time to conclude the pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one. Which stuff do we have from Yochan Mishlakish, whether Hesachadas is a Psul Tuma or a Psul HaGuf? That's on Duff? Good. Number two. Wish something one of one ate a zoo's worth of figs of truma and repaid with a zoo's worth of dates. You should get a bracha because you repaid with something that people run after. That's on Duff. Alamid Bays. Good. Number three. Wish something one of two different sources why truma that was separated from Hamas on Pesach has no kedusha. That's on Duff. Alamid Gimel. Good. Number four. Wish something one that there's no cards for Hamas that was made with wine, oil, or honey. That's on Duff. Amen, hey. Good. Number five. 
which of people learned the source that a Balkhov takes possession of the security in his possession is from the Pasuk Lechati Yetzdaka, that's on Duff. Lamadov. Good. Number six. Which stuff they learned that rice and millet cannot be used for matzah? That's on Duff. Lamad Hay. Good. Number seven. Which stuff that we have different shot than what we learned from the words? Lechem Oni. That's on Duff. Lamad Vav. Good. Number eight. Which stuff that we have more close? Whether the juice in Tame grapes is tar because it's containing the grape like a liquid in a container, or it's Tame because it's considered absorbed in the grape. That's on Duff. Lamed Gimel. Good. Number nine. Which of the one matzah cannot be made from partially tied tevel? That's on Duff. Lamed Hey. Good. And number ten. Which of the one that being the matzah must be poor man's bread, it can't be chalut or a shisha? That's on Duff. Lamed Vav. Excellent. All right. That concludes the pop quiz. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichur. Wishing you a great day and great learning.